that sound like a sound wave? Yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. Like an electrical pulse going through something. It sort of. It sounded like something. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it was exactly what you thought. No. Yeah, well, it could have been. How you never doing? know. How are you doing, Rob? I'm all right. How are you? Not too bad. A little bit f- rope. Not ropes, but a little bit frayed. I'm a bit ropes, but in a different way, as you. Yeah, Rob's just... Um, Rob's got the shits. <laughs> nice, nice, good and proper shits. Oh, is that a giant wasp flying around? I hope so. Start stinging us when we're doing the podcast. That'd be fun. No, it's not. Yeah, so other then, what happened? How come you've got the shits? I don't know. Just have. Just woke up and we got to just So, I blocked uh, Tom's toilet then. I had to put my hand down it just <coughs> to uh, block it. Did the old <coughs> scoop. So basically, you put your hand like, like you're swimming, right? So you scoop it. And you put it right down, right? It's only my shit, so I don't care, right? And you it's just force it. Yeah, you force it up the toilet like that, and it unblocks it. It's yeah, quite yeah. a good technique. It is a very, it is a very good technique. I'd be a no nonsense plumber, me. No, well, I you might, care. I you might care on other people's shit either. As really? Long as I've got something to, cl- like, to clean my hands up after, yeah. I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Well, you'd give a shit. Well, I'd give a shit up the toilet. How long were you around? Probably. I need to put some. Put this down. Right? Banging. Um, you were around what? Two minutes. You're like, mate. I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to block your toilet. Yeah, twice. Yeah, finger flushed it four times or five. Did you? Yeah. Just hoping it would sort itself out, and then final result was the hand down and the scoop. You know, what a mad waste of water. I know. I'm a dickhead, aren't I? We need to say thanks to some Patreons, people that have donated money to us. Oh my gosh! To help us carry on doing this. Nice. So we need to say thank you to Kelly, Kim, Jack, and Craig. Ah. These bad motherfuckers are going to work. Working their asses off, planning money, and then uh, <laughs> 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 kindly donating. So that's um, it's that's all good. It's all good because it gives us a, a helping hand with the materials. That's in like um, you know, all the recorders and shit we need. Like that. Yeah, 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 so yeah. And I did say that we'd send um, whoever, like anybody that donates money. Um, I sound like Barry White today. Got a bit of a low voice. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, I've totally forgot what I was just saying. You're saying about <laughs> sending some. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's going to be one of them. Yeah. I drank quite a lot of beer, beer yesterday. But yeah, um, we want to send a, like a thank you video to people's uh, social media of choice when they donate. So, guys, let us know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Rob will put on a dress or something and say thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I got a voice message. Well, not a voice message. I got, um, I got this from the old man last night. The view spoke to him. Um, I phoned him yesterday, but um, um, he was sort of listening to what's going on. If you know what I mean. Well, yeah, he, he sent me he sent me this. That's one angry bee. And then, let's come back for seconds. Helicopter, airplane, jet force. Where are you? And then, <laughs> and then he sent me this one. And then followed by this butte. Some really pissed off wasps. Yeah, he's a. <coughs> Sorry, I forgot of him. He's at the Iron Man TT apparently. Yeah, no no shit. shit. Did he not tell you? No. No, no. I said, him, I said, are you at the TT? And he just went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's very good at doing things like that, isn't he? So he's standing what about two inches away from. 
Carnage. Literally, yeah, mad, horrible carnage that can happen. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is, is mad. Nuts. If anyone's listened to this that hasn't, don't know what that is, if you Google the Isle of Man TT, get ready to be scared. Yeah. Because that is some hectic stuff, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's... I mean, um, you got motorbikes going down. Little towns, I mean, when I say little towns, imagine like little towns in Wales, you know what I mean? Little fin roads and pubs and stuff going like 170 mile an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's mental. Yeah, there's um, <laughs> there's a, like a cool picture of like... A um, few people have died already, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every year. There was nearly two on the first day. <laughs> One's dead and the other one was told to go, apparently to go back up the course and the safety car hit him. What? Yeah. So he got smashed up that's by how That's how safety it is. Yeah, that's how safe it is. Yeah. It's, just, it's just proving a point, I think. I think he's going, right, now, you don't go this way, otherwise this happens. It's just so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy on that place. It, you, like, you see some still images of, of, of bikes, like super bikes going through villages, like you were just saying then, Rob. Mm. And in the background, there's a 30-mile-an-hour sign, and the people are standing on the curbs, leaning out with booze, screaming out their tops like madmen. And they're like leaning over the bikes, they're like half a foot away from them. The bikes were clocked going 200 miles an hour through a 30 mile an hour <laughs> zone with maniacs on the curve screaming. Instant ban. Yeah, yeah, instant. That's like instant. They should do that. Time travel. at the end and just ban them all. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's just fucking too crazy, that is, isn't it? it I is find that that's, um, it scares me watching it now. Never used to, but now I'm like, oh my God. I think they, they average seven people die a year. So could, could we call the TT a uh, serial killer? We could do an episode on the TT. Yeah, you could. Yeah, every year, and he gets away with it, and just carries on. A non-sentient uh, serial killer. Yeah, wow. Who yeah. knows? We can't arrest it. Hannah's going out. We going now, Hannah? Paddling pool. She's getting a paddling pool for us to uh, good work. Spend the rest of the, the day sitting in the garden, probably drink. Can you get me some beers as well and some burgers for the barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also got another voice message um, from. The mighty Sean of Carousel Sniper Victim. Uh-huh. And he asked this question. Let me just get this fired up. What's up, dudes? Coming to you live from 2J, Western Australia, at a bed and breakfast where I am quite stoned and semi-drunk. I was using the telescope earlier and taking some dope-ass pictures of the moon, and I got a pretty out there theory for you. So you know how everyone always talks about shared experiences when you're on shrooms or maybe taking some sort of illicit substance. I had the theory that weekly interactive massive particles like neutrinos, right, which are the sort of things that the sun emits all the time and they pass through us every second of the day but we don't even realise it. What if? Like when you're using a radio and you tune into a specific frequency. What if when you take psychedelics, you're tuning in? All right, hang on. I think that cut off. What happens if when you take <laughs> psychedelics, you're tuning into a frequency which enables you to be able to, to a degree, sense what someone else is feeling? And that's where shared experiences come from. So say you and a mate take mushrooms and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what did you say? And he's like, I didn't say anything, but you were both thinking the same thing. That's that whole shared experience shit. Is that what Tesla tuned into? Is that that whole universal consciousness? What do you reckon? Get at me, yo. Sean, from Carousel Cyber Victim. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... 
Yeah, nice easy question to yeah. start a Sunday morning off with. Yeah. <coughs> yes is the answer. You reckon? <laughs> no, yes. I don't know, man. I've seen some. I, I, I think I've had my mind probed by something once when I was but you, you people, taking something I shouldn't have taken. People get these thoughts, though. Like, they have shared deja vu as well. So it makes you think, you know, what's going on there? You know what I mean? So maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, like, like uh, Sean was saying, it's, you know, something from the sun. Maybe we're just fucking... Well, no, it's, I think it's like when you're uh, potentially altered your brain, your consciousness in it with a specific chemical, it could potentially... It's, it's tuned sort of into a different wavelength. It's alla- yeah, it's allowing you to operate on your... Br- I don't know. Brain to operate is different, slightly differently, and you can pick things up and, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it's it could be. I don't know. Mm, maybe. Who knows? I'm afraid I'm not no scientist of anything so I can't <laughs> I'm not no scientist yeah. of anything yeah, I'm not no scientist of anything well it's a good job or English and uh, you're here to uh, to be taught <laughs> yeah yeah crack cushions hey boys uh, yeah man crack cushions get involved find them everywhere you need to find them if you don't know what they are then google them because that way you'll find out what they are and also where they are yeah and also the snipers as you've just heard Sean you can have more deep questions like that on a bi-weekly basis with a cast off sniper victim. Yeah. <laughs> and you're weak and stupid. They've got a new podcast out called The um, the Dude Files. The Dude Files? Yeah, yeah. That was good. I listened to that. I listened is to that about just like geezers doing stupidly good things? Well, it is stupidly good. And I was listening to their po- to their episode on Mel's Hole. On whose? Mel's Hole. Oh, nice. Yes, the Mel's Hole. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> there's a lot of people had a go on it. It's a, it's been, yeah, it's quite wide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's bored out now. Is it? Wow. It's going to yeah. take more than a fisting to touch yeah. the sides. Yeah. Uh, our details, go on Rob, what's our details? Our details, if you go to robotsforeyes at gmail.com, that's our email address, um, if you want to just contact us on social media, best thing to do is type it in Google, um, Robots for Eyes, and it will come up with um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any other shit that we're on, <coughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay, so, well, um, I think I need to get another drink. And then we'll start doing a podcast, apparently. (laughs) Okay, cool. Let's do it, man. Meteorites. Ah. Uh-huh. Rocks from space. Nice. There's one here. Have a look at that. Right. Mm, so Campo del Cielo. It's that is a iron meteorite that weighs seven hundred and twenty two grams. Type iron coarse oct I can't read it. Octahedrite. <laughs> is that right? Something like that. I don't know, I can't see it. So it weighs seven hundred and seventy two grams. And known weight, as in I'm guessing the main asteroid yeah. slash thing, whatever it is, is 7,100 tonnes. Yeah, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And there it is, in your hand. I know, it looks like a, just a melted piece of metal, really. That's because it is. Yeah. I That's thought cool. I'd get that down, because um, 
it's it's not obviously it's not a visual thing, is it? A podcast, but you can see that that is just a, a straight up legit lump of metal. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a piece a lump of metal from space. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Huge slabs of metal fall out of the sky. Yeah, what? Really? Yeah, onto Earth, all craziness. So what we're going to talk about mainly, um, I was saying to Rob just before we hit the record, we, we were going to just have um, an episode on the Tunguska event in Russia, which happened in 1908, which is a massive asteroid in, or something impact. Um, but it kind of got, not derailed, but it's not all about that. It's about various other things. Cause I thought it'd be better before I t- we talk about this huge event that went that took place in Russia, I think it was 1908. Uh, it's hard to get your head around the okay. sort of sizes of shit that, and like pa- the energy and speeds and things. So uh, I thought I'd discuss a, a modern, a much more modern impact. Well, yeah, impact, which which also happened in Russia. Everyone's seen it on the internet. That one that happened over uh, Chelyabinsk, I think that's how you call it. Hoisky right. Poisky. Well, yeah. Um, it was picked. Remember, you've seen it probably on the, picked up on yeah, dash yeah, cams. Yeah, yeah. But they still have dash cams, don't they? Because all scamming bastards. Are <laughs> <there>. <laughs> that's why. But yeah, yeah, I saw it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are, though. Uh, yeah, man. I <laughs> really had to go with that, wasn't no. it? Uh, yeah, but that thing that came down actually impacted the Earth. And it did explode in the air. It was 20 metres wide, and it was a, a sort of a fragment of, of an asteroid. And it hit the, a- the, the Earth's atmosphere at about 42,000 mile an hour, and it exploded. And it's insane when you think about yeah, how yeah. big these things are. Um, apparently, exploding above the ground is quite common. That's what they do. Uh, I can imagine they're doing that, but if you're coming into an atmosphere at 45,000 miles an hour and suddenly they instantly decelerate to like 800 or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Instantly, yeah. yeah. It just goes, fucking burn! You know what I mean? It just explodes, yeah. And then you end up with a bit on a coffee table. Yeah, yeah. Two weird people are talking about it on the internet. It's been flying around space for billions of years and now we're going, what the fuck's that on a podcast? Yeah. Weird, yeah. Yeah, but it blew up, like I say, up in the air, about 97,000 feet. That's fucking well high. Mm. Two or three times at what jets fly. So it's not close to the ground when it went bang. No. Um, yeah, man, those speeds are hard to grapple with because space is only like 100 miles above us. And if it's coming in at 42,000 miles an hour or 45,000, whatever it was, it's not going to take long to go 100 through 100 miles of no. atmosphere. No. It, it happens so fast, like a fraction of a second. Was boom. But I imagine it probably takes like a minute and a bit or something. For it to, I don't know. To get through? No. If no it to get through the atmosphere and then hit the Earth. So from the atmosphere to that. the Earth, do you reckon? Well, if it's going 42,000 miles an hour and space is 100 miles away. Yeah. I mean, how many? How f- how long does it take you to go 100 miles when you're going 42,000 miles an hour? Not long. Fuck knows. So as soon as it hits, yes, there is deceleration, but it's it's coming in pretty fucking yeah. quick. It's fast deceleration as well. It's not instant, but it's fast, isn't it? Well, with that rock as well, that one you've got there, if you look at... One side of it is flat and the other side's bubbly. Now, the side that's flat is the side that hit the atmosphere right. and came in. And the other side, and it's been sort of worn smooth by the friction when it was molten. Yeah, yeah. And the other side, which is all bubbly, is, is the uh, side that was protected from the, the air friction. It's also got like quite a sharp edge to it where mm-hmm. it was being formed as it fell through the sky. Okay. <coughs> Crazy, though. Yeah, it's mad. Pieces of metal falling out of the sky. What? I know. Yeah, man. But this one caught us totally by surprise in Russia. There was no early warning signs. And we didn't see it coming at all. We just, it's just like a normal day. I think a lot of the time they say, yeah, we didn't just spot, we, we didn't spot it. Well, that's fair, fair game. But yeah, it's massive out there. So it just, it's yeah. a bit big, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Sort of about the infinite size, I think. Yeah, yeah. So is it? But uh, yeah, it came in from the angle of the sun and it entered the Earth's atmosphere. Um, 
at uh, quite a low angle, but the sun obscured it, so we didn't see it. It was harder for us to pick up on. Um, and like I say, the asteroid fragment was quite small compared to this, the one we're going to talk about, the Tunguska object, um, which we'll discuss in a bit. Like I say, only 20 metres wide, but it produced a fireball brighter than the sun, and it was visible for 65 miles. And people on the ground were minding their own business, you know, just doing whatever they wanted to do, and they felt like an intense, they felt like the heat was so intense, they thought they were on fire. Really? So they're walking around, minding their own business, and next thing you know, there's a boom, and they're like, I'm on fire! Why am I on fire? That's crazy, that <coughs> is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It released the energy um, equivalent to 30 Hiroshima atomic bombs. What? 30, 30 atomic bombs just going off, so you, you're minding your own business. That's what we need to do, then, just go into space, and just like divert an asteroid towards a country that we don't like. <laughs> Just hit them with it. There we go. It's like it's like an um, an eco <laughs> eco nuclear bomb. An eco nuclear bomb. Mm. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be very good for the Earth. No, nah, well, you're aiming at them people for a reason, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so that's not what you want. Yeah, this one over in Russia t- uh, injured 1,500 people, mostly from shards of glass because there was a fucking enormous shockwave that came out and it busted up. An awful lot. I mean, if you were a glazier over in Russia like that, you'd have been rubbing your hands together. Yeah, yeah. You Tons of work coming yeah. in. Yeah, even though it was 20 metres wide, it was heavier than the Eiffel Tower. It was 12,000 tonnes. So we've all, you've seen it coming in. That thing was 12,000 tonnes of metal. Just hurtling towards the earth. It's fucking nuts, isn't it? So, like, it's a normal morning in Russia. People are just going around their day. And without any warning, Mother Nature explodes a rock over your head. With the power of 30 atomic bombs. So you just boom! Wake up, wake up. It's fucking crazy. It's nuts. 7,200 buildings over six cities were damaged by the shockwave. Uh, and when it was sighted, it was obviously <coughs> too late. There's yeah, nothing yeah. you can do yeah, at yeah. that point. It, that people said that they, it, they first spotted it as a, uh, a fast-moving, bright, flaming object. No shit. With a low trajectory because it was sort of skimming low to the atmosphere. Um, trailing smoke. And as it got deeper into the Earth's um, atmosphere, as the air got thicker, there was a lot of friction generated from where the object's speed and the air resistance got so massive, it just it, it just exploded in like an airburst. It just it couldn't... Ha- its matter had to change. Yeah, yeah. It was like, no, 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 we this can't... happening, yeah. So it went kaboom, like 100, uh, 100 feet up, 100,000 feet up. And that, that's the shockwave that everybody felt. Um, you know, shit, like we were saying, shit happens fast at yeah. 42,000 miles an hour. Uh, the object broke up, and there were two further explosions in pretty rapid succession. Because the big object came in, got blown to pieces, and there were obviously two fairly large, yeah. sizable chunks that were able to cause sonic booms. Uh, and uh, they went boom, boom as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Russians are running around going, what the fuck is happening? The Americans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they actually, because there was a lot, of, like you say, there's a lot of dash cams out there. Mm. Because everyone's really trusting, yeah, according yeah. to Rob. Yeah. It was picked up by a lot of... Um, there's loads of footage, actually, which is probably one of the first times that it's a rock of this nature has been filmed in from so many angles. They, would get, they got loads of data because of that. And it was actually filmed, the fragment, hitting a lake. And it came down like a frozen lake. And they went and got it. And um, I think it was something like 500 kilos. And they just mm-hmm. pulled, they pulled it out of the lake, yeah. Lucky Didn't you hit a fucking lake then, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of luck in Good this shot. episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about. So the shockwave collapsed a six and a half thousand square foot roof of a factory. It just blew it in and the sound of the explosion shattered, like I say, windows over six cities. It's crazy. Yeah. If mile an hour doesn't mean anything to you or kilometers an hour, if we go by the max scale, like the speed of sound, 
This asteroid, the one that we, you can see, clear as day, coming in, it weighed, which weighed 12,000 tonnes. It was travelling at Mach 60, 60 <laughs> times 60. the speed of sound, yeah? Fuck. It's insane. The fastest jet ever flown ever by humans that we're aware of, that we're told of, is the um, American X-15, and that can fly at 7,200 miles an hour, which is Mach 6.7. So this bitch, which weighed a lot more, was going 10 times the speed of that. Fuck. And that energy has got to fucking go somewhere. You know what I mean? It <laughs> yeah, has yeah, to go yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It has Especially to. Especially since it's kicked the atmosphere. It's just going fucking burn. Yeah, well you've got like an immovable object, the Earth, and you've got like this unstoppable force, which is the, the rock. In theory, could could an asteroid hit the atmosphere at the right angle and not burn up? Yeah, bounce out. Would it bounce out, would it? I've seen one do it. Oh, right. Well, cool. I don't know if it was an asteroid. It's like a, like a universe skimming stones across the water. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. yeah. I, uh, this is years ago fucking years and years I was walking home from school and it was dark and I, I remember this really vividly because I've always been into space I'm always staring up that's how I spotted it and um, something caught like a bright light caught to my right low down caught my eye um, and I looked and I could see this long object trailing it was obviously um, some sort of you know piece of debris interacting with the atmosphere nothing weird it was obviously what it was but it, it lingered for ages it hit the atmosphere and I could see it for about 10 seconds and it went in between two houses and I had to run down the road a bit further and then look round and I could still see it mm. as it just sort of sailed off. No sound, no nothing. Because some people like hear them at, at quite a large distance yeah. other than the ones that fucking hit you on the head. They're pretty fucking loud. Yeah, yeah that would hurt, I think. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Because mm-hmm. this, this um, Russian one, what's freaky about it is 16, after, uh, 16 hours after this one flew and hit the earth and went bang, we all saw that. Another asteroid passed us, 17,000 miles. We're barely missing 17,000 miles. Okay. Um, but apparently, it's not part of the s- it wasn't part of the same, from the so same source. Oh, right, so it was two different asteroids just meeting up. Well, going yeah. Going towards Earth. Yeah, the, the experts say they're not related because the second object came in from a d- op- the opposite direction. Are you sure? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you sure? Because if that is the case, you then we need, both, got, yeah. we need to got hit twice by two completely unrelated asteroids. I mean, if we got one hit us and then a few hours later, another one, they could be part of the same object. Yeah. But no. So, man, we need to get hit twice in a day. Shit's fucking, shit's fucking real. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like a mad public wake-up call because many people, they still think now that getting hit by an asteroid or being killed by an asteroid is extremely unlikely. It, it is very unlikely, but it will happen. Yeah, well, it's, we've got that one undetected, so wh- why not have a bigger one which we can't detect, which that hits us and fucks something up? That's it, yeah, yeah. It's it's unlikely to happen to you, but it's not unlikely to happen to humans. Mm. It's going to happen yeah, to people. Yeah, it will happen at some point, won't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's happening all the time, really, but not on a massive scale. Yeah. Then one re- day will be a massive one. I read somewhere that it <laughs> said something like 72,000 tonnes of metal hits the earth each year, and that's not including the you know the big ones. So just a small particle, small yeah. like you know, centimetre wide, whatever. Surprise the pikeys aren't up there. They are. They oh, go. we've got we've got some next level piking going Have down I? here. Yeah, yeah, in a okay, bit. Okay, cool. Next level. So what are these rocks? What are these things that come flying in? Well, they're called near Earth objects, and they're just basically like large pieces of iron, as you've seen. Yeah, yeah. Pure metal, which is crazy, like pieces of iron, rock, and like icy bodies, like comets, really, and they're all sort of left over from. Beginning of the formation of the solar system, these bits would have been, uh, if they weren't 
left to float about in space. They'd be part of planets, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, consumed yeah. by the sun. Um, that's why we get metal on the Earth. So it's all from fucking mad shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they're, they're big rocks that are left over from the formation of the solar system. And they usually drift around the Earth, the sun, in massive multi-million-year orbits. They will never... You know, they, they, we're talking colossal yeah, distances yeah, yeah, yeah. and enormous periods of time, but they, they very rarely cross the, the path of the Earth's orbit and, and, and bother us. They very, very rarely, but rarely doesn't mean never. Uh, and when they do, some of us, some of them hit us. And when, and when they do hit us... It's a fucking beast. We fucking know about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really fucking know about it. If an object is 140 metres in width or more, yeah. it's classified as a potentially dangerous object. And they're tracked and then catalogued. Now, occasionally, these big fuckers, their orbits bring them close to the Earth. And very occasionally, their orbits cross that of the Earth. Now, most of these potentially hazardous objects are iron asteroids. So okay. that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. The giant one kilometer long billion ton slabs of metal hurting through space. <laughs> what? It's crazy. So the experts are saying that anything over 140 meters is potentially dangerous. What? 140 meters? Yeah, the one that come down in Russia that we were just talking about it was 20 metres wide and it battered six six or seven cities and so hospitalised one and a half thousand people so they're saying 140 is like, like could wipe us out sort of thing in a way or wipe a lot of shit out yeah that's what they're saying yeah, yeah. yeah they're saying 20 metres yeah whatever man a few fuckers will get killed but yeah, we don't care about that a few moaning people with a bit of glass in them you know what I mean yeah. like, but 140 metres you're fucked yeah that, I think that's kind of like the level where they're saying we're potentially having global disruption for a disaster a complete yeah. global disaster so we're not happy about that so we'll call that a threat to everybody mm. well it supposedly depends where it hits but we've gone through a few yeah like, if it hits Russia it's alright <laughs> loads hit Russia man they do <laughs> They do, always getting hit. I don't know why, man. Maybe they are directing asteroids onto them. Maybe. Who knows? So we do monitor space for potentially dangerous asteroids all the time. We've got sophisticated monitoring systems that are scanning the sky 24-7. And we've invested mad technology and huge amounts of money into like radar and um, space telescopes. So with all these observations set up, how, how do they get through? H how do we still get caught su by surprise? Are these people not doing their job? No. Well, it's just fucking huge, isn't it? That's exactly it, man. It's just fucking... Firstly, the main reason that asteroids uh, slip us by is because they're dark. Really, really dark. I mean, you've seen that there. Yeah. That's a black piece of metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could polish it to be silver, but it's a black piece of metal. They don't emit light. They yeah. only reflect the light from the sun. And because they're far away and small, I mean, even a two-mile-wide asteroid is tiny when you're viewing it from a million miles yeah um because they don't reflect light man and they're tiny you don't you just don't see them they're almost invisible they're like sky ninjas <laughs> sky ninjas yeah, yeah just moving around so we have to use different wavelengths of light to spot them you know like infrared and shit like that and we also use radar but radar's not particularly apparently it's not very practical over large distances it's not sensitive enough to spot everything that's potentially threatening to the earth but nasa's found shit loads of potentially dangerous asteroids Fucking loads of them. Yeah, oh right, okay, yeah. How so many? Tw I'm gonna say 129,000. Mate, it's fucking. I, I haven't got the exact number down here. At 129,000. But I will have in a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 129,000. Maybe I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, it's it mate, it's loads. Yeah. It's not like the odd one. There's fucking loads, man. So yeah, they found loads. Um, but also, back garden astronomers have found asteroids, which is cool, man. Because yeah, yeah. technology is getting to a point where even like you know everyone can watch out. Yeah, yeah. It's what what like the back garden astronomers do. They uh, get a scope and they image a part of the sky, like a starry part of the sky, 
and you, and then they take the photo and then the next day they'll image that same part of the sky and then the next day they do the same and then over time what you might see is you might see a small point of light moving independently from the stars in the mm, background yeah, and they can work it out then. and then they go what the fuck's that and then you send it off and you go I looked at this longitude and latitude and then it's they moving go, a different way to what planets would do if they were yeah that's it yeah what the fuck is it and then they investigate and if it's something that we're not aware of it gets catalogued and yeah. then, we, then we watch it so yeah I mean, you can people can find shit man it's cool so what they're telling us is that apparently we've tracked 90 percent of the so-called world ending asteroids out how there how do they know that exactly how can you know that if it's like apparently infinite surely that's we haven't even got to one percent yet yeah how do you know how many you are left to track if you don't know how many were there in the first place you know what i mean it doesn't make any sense that, but apparently there's like like it's, it's probably just um a fucking way of keeping everyone happy. Just yeah. So oh, we found ninety percent of them. Really, they're going shit. Yeah, yeah. I think there is an element of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just probably just but yeah, yeah. luck here at the moment. I mean, the chances are slim at the moment, but the longer we wait, the odds go up and up yeah, each yeah. day. You know what I mean? But yeah, look, there are mathematical models that can predict like the mass of missing stuff out in the solar system. You can kind of try and track back where stuff should be and it gives you an uh, idea of where to at least start to look but we struggle to track ob- objects that are less than a kilometre uh, so as we've heard and I'm going to hear the rocks this size are immensely dangerous to people mm. and they're just out there there's approximately a million asteroids completely untracked and randomly flying through the solar system that could wipe out entire cities killing millions of people and potentially Destroying the economy of the planet. That's cool. one thing that people don't think about. Yeah. That's a mad, mad fucking... Sit. I mean, could you imagine if that happened? Fucking... Well, I'd what? just sit there with a beer in the garden and go, oh, fuck it. It'd be about 8,000 quid for a beer. Yeah, yeah well, I'd just sit and wait for the dust and shit to kill me. Just fuck it. Why not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're probably going to die anyway, aren't you, sir? Embrace it. You know what I mean? So far, we've been lucky. Um, and it seems that we don't really... We don't really have a way of protecting ourselves. No. Not, it's, it's kind not of really, it. It's kind of like, um, shit, should we just shrug our shoulders and see what happens? We've got some very, very good ideas. And I think if we were pushed and we had enough time, we'll get into this a bit later on, but it's time, which is the m- the plane. It's detection of these things. Mm. If, you d- if you don't detect them early enough, it doesn't fucking yeah, matter. Yeah, you've got to be quick to set up something to stop that. If we pick one up coming towards us from four distances of the moon, so say a million miles... And so it's going to take a week to get us. Well, tough. Yeah. It's going to hit us. You There's never nothing know. we can do. You never know as well. There could be two or three, which are going to hit us at the same time, like the Russia one. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck do you do then? Yeah, they could. They're not just highly, highly unlikely, obviously, like big fuckers for even, but like still, there's a chance it could happen. And yeah. then we're kind of fucked, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if something like half, if a half a mile wide piece of iron exploded at hypersonic speeds, like five miles above, like New York or Tokyo. Shit would be fucked. Yeah. Mate, it would be totally wrecked. <laughs> the devastation would be insane. <laughs> yeah. There'd be nothing we could do. It, I don't even think we realise how. Yeah. It'd be fucking carnage, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be shocking. It'd be one of the most... It'd be, it would be the worst loss of life ever in a single oh, go that we're in modern history, providing that, that, you know... I mean, we've had a lot of fatalities, like, like Krakatoa, volcanoes and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this would kill more. Yeah, definitely. Just so powerful. Only two weeks ago, a 130 metre wide asteroid passed halfway between the Earth and the Moon. What? Two weeks ago. Now, apparently, 
The object was discovered in 2010, but because it's so fucking small, I know it sounds big, 130 metres, but space is a lot bigger, because it was so, it's, cause it was so small, it faded from sight and we lost it. Oh, right, okay. We had no idea where it was for eight years until we discovered it, rediscovered it yeah. three weeks As ago. Everyone went, what the fuck? Is it <laughs> flew past? Yeah, that's like two weeks before its closest approach. So even when we do know them, we sometimes just go, where's that rock? I'm like, oh, that. The fuck knows. It's be some, right. Somewhere over there. Should be right. Don't worry about it. Eight years later, <laughs> it comes flying past. That's the close one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody notice that we fucked up there? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Right, um, shall we have a pause yeah. and another drink? Yeah, let's do it. break there Rob was just having a look at me whilst I was um, talking and he was like mate we're going to have to time out yeah my arse was about to go <laughs> <laughs> so we had to have, have a little interlude yeah it's a quick one though like they usually do it's a quick one So I think in your state that they're going to be coming out faster yeah yeah. so where were we what were we talking about we were talking uh, about rocks smashing into the earth yeah, yeah 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 so uh, yeah I've, I'll just miss a little bit here but yeah essentially big rocks are bad how frequently do we get hit by them? That's the question. That's the thing that makes us decide whether we're going to invest any money. Yeah. Because if it's like every 50,000 years, we're like, fuck that. Yeah, we'll just take a chance, yeah. Just have a swimming pool instead. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean? But we get hit by 100 metre wide asteroids every 300 years, approximately. Okay. So n- today, with our growing population, humans are spread out a lot. A lot more. So we probably do one then soon, aren't we? Uh, y- y- yeah, sort of. We're sort of halfway. If oh, that's th- right, then fuck it, I'll be dead. So yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Unless so I live to 180, which I doubt it. Well, you could do. You don't know what's around the corner medic- in medical no, science. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live Why you're shitting today, mate? You'd be looking dead tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow? T- Later. Might be before the end of I this podcast. I might be found dead tomorrow. There we go. Yeah. So you on eBay. <laughs> Dead corpse, see what we get for you. So about ten, uh, less than ten percent of asteroids measuring f- 140 meters, th- the dangerous ones, have been found. Less than ten percent of the potentially dangerous rocks floating in space have been found. 
Less than 10. Less than 10%. Uh, Why are we not working on this? Yeah. This is terrifying. And there's about 1% of asteroids measuring 40 meters in diameter have been tracked. 1%. That's it. We need to fix up and look sharp. Yeah, man. This is dangerous shit. Space is massive, though, like you're saying, mate. You could have the best space monitoring system built. And it won't help you a single bit if you're not a uh, single bit if you're not looking it in the correct part of the well, sky. In theory, you're looking at the whole universe from where you're standing because you've got every angle. <laughs> you know what I mean? As you spin round, so you know it's it's going to be virtually impossible. Yeah, yeah. It and is. by the time everything's moved, the Earth's moved, and you're looking at somewhere else because you, you can't look up through the Earth and see the asteroid which was there before. It's it's going to be another fucking four or five different things prop up. It's just going to be constant, isn't yeah. it? It's a mad battle. A mad, mad battle that you've got to keep, you've got to keep tabs on, man, because this shit is real. I mean, I know the chances of us getting ki- like wiped out are slim. Yeah, the chances for us are slim, but it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's happened before, and it will happen again. That's the creepy bit. I don't think for a second that I'm going to be killed by a rock from space, but no. some fuckers will be. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a we're aware of, of seventeen thousand near Earth objects lying around space that could at some point hit the Earth. Okay, seventeen thousand. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. They're not shooting stars, these no. things. They're much bigger. Like, shooting stars, like, we've all seen them. They're tiny by comparison. They're, like, sort of size of grains of sand or, like, a piece of rice or something burning up in the really, really, really high parts of the atmosphere. They don't hit the ground either. It takes, like, um, a sizable chunk of rock to get down or, like, a favourable atmospheric entry angle. Yeah. Um, most get burned up by the, f- the air friction. And if you stick your hand out of a car window, 70, 70 mile an hour... It pulls your hand back, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, these things are going, like, the shooting stars that you see are going 140,000 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah, trying to catch one of them. Where's your arm? <coughs> yeah, where's your car? Where's your body? You just turn to you atoms. Just, yeah, you just disappear, wouldn't you? It's crazy, mate. And we've also heard, like, specific times of the year, people say, oh, there's, a, a, you know, a so-and-so meteor shower tonight, but why does it happen at specific times of the year? It's not weather-related, you know what no. I mean? You can't track it. Why is it predictable? Well, the Earth obviously orbits the sun. Um, so do other shit. Comets, general space debris, rocks and shit. Everything else in the solar system just goes around. So the Earth at certain times of the year pass through regions of space that comets have gone through. You know, yeah. you see comets with the huge tails. Yeah. Well, then particles don't disappear. They they just they float about. And the Earth just sweeps through them. And yeah. as we move through, we smack into it. And you see them interacting with the atmosphere. They're yeah, the yeah. small ones. But obviously, every now and then, you hit the big fuckers. And they're not very, uh, they're not very good. Yeah. And one, one of the regions of space that the Earth passes through is called the Torrid Meteor Stream. And each October, the Earth passes through like a debris trail that produces shooting stars. People mm-hmm. go out and sit down. It's cool. And have a look at them. But this trail, this, this area of space that we move through every year is suspected of pummeling the planet in the past with huge rocks, like really dangerous big rocks that could wipe us out. And it's believed that impacts from the torrid meteor stream nearly wiped humanity out 12,900 years ago, mm. so not very long no. at all. So, and, and the Earth moves through this, peri- this region of space every year. We just get thrown through it at thousands of miles an hour. It's just blind luck. And we know for a fact there are several hundred meter wide asteroids still in it. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's likely to be many more. The, the, the ancient people as well seem to be warning us about objects from the torrid stream. There's, I don't know whether this is 
it's it's an emerging theory this um but we've probably like people listening to this have heard it but gobekli tepe it's like a huge monolithic ancient site um there seems to be an indication on one of the pillars there pillar 43 it, it warning us about previous impacts that have pushed humanity to the brink of extinction it also depicts an ice age that followed an asteroid strike and uh, it's be- it's believed that this potential asteroid strike if we're interpreting what they're saying correctly may have forced hunter-gatherers the hunter-gatherer people to come together and support each other so yeah, it yeah. potentially so could have kick-started you know modern civilization yeah yeah like your social part of it in a way yeah yeah, yeah. we had to come together because we were like shit's fucked man everything's fucked, just yeah. fucking dark for nine years yeah, no i don't like you gary but come on give me a hand with this we'll yeah, we need to make some ladders <laughs> i don't know <laughs> ladders and what? yeah yeah we need to fucking build That's a roof the first the thing that's coming to my head right. And it's like as well, if you look at the moon for the tel- for a telescope, you, c- you can see with your own eyes how battered the surface is. It's c- wrecked. Loads of loads of massive craters everywhere. That's because the moon hasn't got an atmosphere. So the the asteroids, comets, or debris that come near it or impact it are not slowed down. They're not. There's no friction. They just smack into the moon, and mm. there's no weather either. So it's not blowing the dust around and eroding the craters. And so we can just look up and see it for ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We can see the moon is battered, but we just go, oh, that's a, that's a cool crater. But we're right next to it, man. Yeah. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah. What's happening to that is happening to us. It's fucking mad. So we'll go on to the um, Tunguska event now. This is the big Mac Daddy of them okay. in modern history. It's, uh, it's a crazy incident. It happened in, luckily, a really remote part of Siberia near the Tunguska River Basin. The area that was affected was as big as France. Fuck. Yeah, uh, but the, luckily the population in the region was only a few a few thousand. And they all dead? Well, the official death toll was zero. Oh, right, cool. But this is 1908. Ah. It's officially zero, but it's not. There yeah, was yeah. a whole, I think they were called the Tungus people, and they were completely wiped out. It's like, poof, gone. Oh, we would do, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hit by one of them fuckers. Oh, mate, it's shocking. So what happened is... Um, at about quarter past seven on the morning of the 30th of June, 1908, something massive, something massive this time, entered the Earth's atmosphere, travelling, they think, around 33,500 miles an hour, and it exploded violently in the air at an altitude of somewhere between five and ten kilometres. See, like, that's fucking miles away. What are you talking about? Five miles away? Easy. Mm, yeah. the, o- the object was brighter than the sun and released an awesome a, th- a ridiculous amount of energy. The shockwave flattened 2,200 square kilometres of forest and completely incinerated 200 square kilometres of vegetation. Fuck. It caused a magnitude 5 earthquake. And to this day, we still don't know exactly what caused it. Yeah, but we know that it happened. The blasts were so powerful; it was heard several thousand miles away, which blows my mind. How can you hear it from several thousand miles? It's, it's like you, you might as well be the other side of the world; you can hear it. Can you imagine yeah, just hearing enough, a yeah. boom? Whoa! What was that? It's madness, isn't it? Uh, Hawaii just got pugmunked, and you're like, "What? <laughs> I heard it." How do you mean? You got that wrong. It couldn't have been Hawaii. No, no, it was. Good guess, though, if you said this out the blue. Oh, fuck me, that's Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah, man, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, people hundreds of miles away were thrown out of their chairs. Like, on the the geezer said he was on his porch, and he got chucked flying through the sky, and he thought he was on fire. From several hundred miles, he thought he was on fire. He was like, ah! Just thought he was burning to death. Fuck. The earth literally wobbled, and the ground shook, mate. Even though it was a long time ago, there are some eyewitness accounts 
um, and I've got a few here. It's ye old talk as well. Yeah. So this is the first one, um, and it's worth reading because these are the people that saw it. Yeah, yeah. And if science is still not sure exactly what it was, these people saw it with their own eyes. Yeah. So let's just listen to what they have to oh, say. They're not going to make this up, are they? But this way. No, they, no, they didn't make it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we fucking know, it happened. So it was about 8 o'clock in the morning. The geezer says, I was occupied with work around my hut. I sat on the open porch with my face towards the north, and at that time there arose, in a moment, a conflagration, which is an excessive fire that destroys a great deal of land or property. He said it gave off such heat that it was impossible to remain sitting. It almost burnt the shirt off me. (laughs) But to make up for that, this conflagration endured only a short time. I had had time to only cast my eyes in that direction and see how large it was when in a moment it vanished after this vanishing, it grew dark, and at the same time, there was an explosion which threw me off the open porch about seven feet or more away. Cool, man. It got dark. He it said the fireball disappeared rapidly. I wonder if it got dark or it was so bright that when it when it, it <laughs> did disappear, it was normal light, but his eyes are like fucking, fuck. Probably. It's brighter than the sun. And yeah. He's 100 mile away from it, and he's just staring at it. That'd probably do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was another witness. He said, suddenly, in the north sky... The sky was split in two, high above the forest, and the whole northern part of the sky appeared to be covered with fire. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. At that moment, there was a bang in the sky and a mighty crash. A mighty crash. Is that what you're calling it? Yeah, yeah. A mighty crash. A mighty crash. Said for the crash that was followed by a noise like stones falling from the sky or guns firing, and then the earth trembled. Jeez, mm. man. It was colossal. The seismic shockwave was felt around around the world. There was massive, dense clouds formed at really, really ridiculously high altitudes. It just got sucked up by the fireball. They were so high, these clouds, they reflected the sunlight from over the horizon, back down at the earth, which caused the night sky to glow. <laughs> the clouds were glowing silver even in the middle of the night. What? And then the sunsets were all like multicolored mad sunsets because all the... Like, shit thrown into the sky people who lived in Asia said they could go outside and easily read newspapers in the middle of the night <laughs> it was just that fucking bright Europe could see the glow and the dust cloud over like parts of um, we could see it on the horizon it was yeah. just just there the sky was illuminated for a few days every night it was just glowing they got to remember this is before like the interwebs news didn't really travel 1908 yeah 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 so people knew something was up they saw it with their own eyes they were ahead of like the newspapers but globally we didn't connect the uh, glowing skies and the fuck off explosion and then subsequent tremors we just we just didn't oh fuck what's that let's carry on yeah it's gone now it's not immediately hurting me so just crack on with it yeah, not not think of a lot of thought of what it was so potentially millions and millions and millions of people Mm. were affected by this. But it was luckily so remote that they just got on with their lives. Now, the explosion itself was visible from 500 miles, and it was felt, like we say, around the whole planet. Um, Weather stations in Europe picked up pressure waves and and seismic shocks radiating out from Siberia. They literally felt the air wobble in fucking England. Fuck. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, And the fireball itself was estimated to be I mean, it's difficult for for people to put an accurate measurement because it was fucking 110 years ago. But they're, they're, it's in the region of tens of miles wide, the fireball. And in the immediate area of the blast, everything was killed, either by the shockwave or being burnt to death and vaporised. The local, like we say, the local people called the Tungus, they all fucking, they bit the bullet big and hard. Nobody went to investigate this. It just went boom, 
And we were like, was that it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crap. It's all right, yeah, it's fine. It's because it's so fucking remote. Even today, if you want to go to that region, you need a helicopter yeah. to get in. Oh, it's fucked. It's fucking so far away. And so it's like several thousand miles of remoteness. So back then, in 1908, ah, just get on with it, innit? Yeah, it's all right. But yeah. what we do know is if this blast, whatever this thing was that hit over Siberia, if it, if, if it happened over a populated city such as London, we'd be... Shit would be fucked. Yeah. It'd be fucking... Everybody in London would probably be dead. Killed instantly, no question. Possibly millions of people. It would destroy the entire city. Uh, this thing, whatever it was, is it's like the power of a nuclear bomb. Mm. So there'd be no getting out of it if yeah, it fucked, yeah. You'd know about it here, two hundred mile, one hundred and fifty mile away. You'd fucking know about it. The whole of London would be blown to pieces, mate, and burnt in a firestorm. It'd be shocking. We got lucky with this one because it was so remote. Uh, but like I say, the the area that this affected, two thousand two hundred <coughs> square kilometers, is. A vast area, and you can see with populations like they are now, it doesn't. If that hits pretty much anywhere, it's going to affect people. Yeah, it knocked over eighty million trees for fuck's sake. <laughs> eighty million trees, all Just flattened. Gone. Yeah, all pointing the same direction away from the epicenter of the blast in a big circle, for like the size of France. It's okay though. Jesus Christ, because it's, it's so remote, we didn't sort of realise the significance of what this was and what had happened and what potentially could have happened. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah, all right, this hit us, but. The potential for what this thing could have caused, it's, yeah, just, it's passed yeah. us by. Um, like I say, a thousand atom bombs going off in the sky <laughs> in, in one fucking... That's mad. In 20 million tonnes of TNT. That's what they're, they're, they're sort of equating this to. And the scientific community at the time thought there'd been a possible volcanic eruption. Um, uh, unknown eruption. Sounds insane, but this is 1908. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, what the fuck? That's got to be a volcano because... Pieces of metal falling out of the sky was sort of. That's I could imagine them going. That's not possible. Yeah, he wouldn't have done that. It must be a volcano. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, but like the sky glowing and the sounds of the explosion, they all fitted the description of. Um, of I mean, you can see why an, a, a volcano was thought because Krakatoa had happened. I think it was in 1883. Okay. So it's not that long ago, and it, the, the, the effects of that volcano blast was similar. Feeling shockwaves, shit flying through the sky, everything's on fire. Um, but this killed 120,000 people. Krakatoa did. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. So with no communication and not so much information, people were just going with the eruption idea. They were like, fuck it. That'll do. We're yeah. all right. It's Nothing's happening. That'll do. Yeah. And that was until remote witnesses started to come forward claiming to see something flying across the sky, seemingly on fire. And then start scientists were like, what? Really? It didn't just come out of the ground. Like, no, no, no. Something was moving through the sky yeah. very rapidly. There was no obvious impact crater. There's nothing really that's been found. Um, and whatever it was, it exploded way up in the sky. The science was like, nope, we're going to prove it. Yeah. We want to find out what the fuck this was. So in 2007, I think it was a team from Italy travelled from Bologna University. They travelled to the region to have a look at Lake Cecco, it's called, which is a small lake. It's only 500 metres long, and it's about eight kilometres away from the epicentre of the blast, where mm. they know, because of the tree patterns on the ground, yeah. they know where it went bang. Uh, now, they reckon that this lake could have potentially been caused and, and, and formed when a piece of rock from this blast hit the ground, because, it's so, like I say, it's remote. People weren't... It's not, it wasn't even mapped properly. No. Um, now, we've done some tests, and we... There's, it's sort of debated. Some people think, yes, it is, and others are saying, no, man, there's sedimentary layers in the lake that prove that the lake is older than the blast. But, you know, mm, we don't fucking yeah. know. We don't really know. Um, but because of, like, the remoteness, it wasn't investigated by a single scientific research team until 1921, so it's nearly 
a decade and a bit. 13 man. years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Russian mineralogist called Leonard Kulik, and he made his way out to survey the Tunguska River Basin, and he got interested in the the sort of supposed aerial impact because he was reading what witnesses said because everyone's just going out to volcano yeah, yeah. they're just gone with it and he was like nope that's not a volcano it doesn't sound like it and he um he actually got funding to to his research by persuading the soviet government to give him some cash because he said there was a giant multi-million potentially multi-million ton meteorite lying in a bog yeah, in yeah. siberia and they were like that could be good for the economy of... of Ultimate yeah. pikiness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were like, we like metal. Yeah. And they sent him out there, and then they, but he didn't find fuck all. Did he end up dead in, in the, out there? He's dead. Well. Nah, yeah. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so he, when he got to the blast area, uh, the actual <coughs> epicenter was still miles away. He was at the sort of the edge. Yeah, He had to get right to the middle to try and find it. And the place is huge. So he started to make his way towards the suspected blast impact zone. And he was speaking to locals. And, um, they were telling him which way to go because they will remember it. Um, and they said that, yeah, they were telling him something come out of the sky. We saw it come down rapidly. And they were quite, so a lot of them were quite reluctant to talk and they didn't want to travel with him because they thought a god called Odie had pissed them off. Oh, right, okay, yeah. You know what so I mean? Yeah. What? Yeah. So until um, until Leonard Leonard Kulik, everybody thought that what tribes were reporting, like the fo- were folklore stories. It wasn't. I mean, we knew something happened. They think it's a god so threw something out of the yeah, sky. It's bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without him, we could have potentially forgot about this. We really could have done. Yeah. We might not have bothered. You know, having a podcast on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, wouldn't have done. So um, his first trip out, he had a guide with him who took him to the, to the edge of the zone, but he refused to go any further when he reached the flattened tree area because it just he looks... Thought, he thought, uh-oh, that's well, where the You go over is. a brown yeah, hill yeah. and then what it was a dense forest is all of a sudden, as far as you can see, there's snapped trees yeah, lying everywhere. down. So the more time he spent there, more pieces of information from locals started to emerge. And they claimed, well, it seems that there were, immediately after this massive blast... There were 14 extremely violent thunderstorms that took place immediately. It must have looked fucking insane. Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you know what I mean, man? If you've got the sky's on fire, the sky's been ripped in half, the ground's on fire, mm. everything's dead or dying, you've got a magnitude 5 earthquake happening around you, shit's flying through the fucking air, you've been blasted several metres across your fucking garden and there's a firestorm coming, the explosion is so loud it could have killed you and now there's 14 of the most mad electrical storms you've ever seen in your life raging in the firefield skies. Can you imagine what that would have been like? No, you wouldn't imagine. have a clue. No, you wouldn't know what's going on, would you? And so at the outskirts of the blast like site, the teens began to find felled trees all lying down, all pointing the same way. Millions of them, like forests, yeah, yeah. thousands of square kilometers, and they they were lying in the in the direction that pointed their roots or the base of the trees were pointing all the same direction to the to middle of the blast zone. And so they headed in towards that, and they went across 830 square miles of flattened forest. Everything, all trees knocked over, every single one flat. And they eventually reached a point where the trees were completely incinerated, like just yes, no, nothing there, yeah. atomized, gone. And then when they pushed further on through that zone, they started to find trees pointing in the opposite direction. So they know they're in the middle, roughly. Yeah, yeah. And, and where it went boom, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's mad. Because they found the trees lying pretty much after this incineration zone, yeah. lying the opposite way, they knew that this, whatever it was, didn't hit the ground intact. It may have broke up because it was quite swampy. Mm. They, it was difficult for them to find it. But it puzzled the team that day because they was expecting to find a huge hole with a load of metal in for the uh, 
the Soviets to build tanks out of it, but instead they found just battered trees. That's what it was. They took soil samples, um, but this is like 1908 shit. They they were looking for particles of rocks from space. I don't even really think they knew what they were looking for. Well, probably weren't. They're just going to fuck it. Let's have a look. Yeah, yeah. So they had a, had, a, had, a, had a look, but found nothing. I bet the Soviet government were pissed off with that. Yeah, that's why I said. Do you reckon he came back alive? He actually went out on um, a couple more expeditions. So they knew that... The, the, I think the, the Soviets chance, yeah. were like, yeah, you've just got to find it, mate. Yeah, yeah. It does look like a, a giant piece of metal fell out of the sky, but you've just got to go and find it. Yeah. Um, like the lack of impact crater also gives weight to uh, what a lot of people are saying. It could have been a comet that okay. hit because the comet would in, allegedly, so they say, would because it's, it's ice and, and stuff, yeah. It so. would completely burn up. Totally in the atmosphere, yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, there might be a couple of bit, little bits of rock in there, but you know, a good ninety-five percent of it would leave zero trace. Uh, and it's interesting because they found at the epicenter of the blast a small, like, um, s- island inside a frozen swamp with the trees still standing up, but radiating radiating out from every point. Every single tree had fallen down, like a, in a symmetrical circle. So it seems right at the base of the blast was intact trees. Mm. It's fucking weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's odd. So what what we know over a hundred years of further research, modern expeditions have gone out now and we have found physical evidence for in a form of like microscopic magnetic particles. Yeah. They were I think it was in the nineteen fifties and sixties. And that's um that's giving weight to asteroid pieces of magnetic metal everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um obviously it blew up in the air and c- causing shit to go everywhere. Um the object could have been an asteroid because of these small particles, or it could have been a comet because the comet has... It, it, there isn't a lot for them to find. There's not a lot of mass there. There's yeah. mass missing. Um, the sizes say it could have been up to 190 metres in width, but it's agreed on that the weight is 617,000 tonnes. That's bananas, isn't That's it? Six hundred seventeen thousand tons. And it, well, think of the one in Russia it was twenty meters wide and twelve thousand ton. This one's one hundred and ninety meter wide and it's six hundred and seventeen thousand fucking. Fuck. Ton. It's insane. I can't imagine it. It came through the atmosphere from the direction of the sun again, obviously, yeah. which obscured it from us. And the experts are divided in in what caused it, but a lot of them are going with the comet over the asteroid because of the way that they. Strange enough, they studied clouds, how clouds form after space shuttle flights, and from that they deduced that this was a comet that hit in Siberia. Because okay. apparently, there's um, noctilucent clouds, high altitude clouds. They they form over polar regions usually, altitudes of over 55 miles. Now, when the shuttle launched back in the day, it dumped around 300 tons of water vapor into the upper atmosphere through the through. Yeah fuel consumption out of his exhaust. Now, these water particles form clouds and redeflect the sun's light from below the horizon, giving the impression that the clouds are glowing. And this is exactly what was reported. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. In in Tunguska. So it it seems unlikely that an asteroid like that would be able to dump the amount of water that apparently people were reporting. If they can't find anything as well, it kind of brings a bit more of the theory. There might be a bit of stone and stuff in it, but it's mostly... Ice, isn't it, a comet? So, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's gone. It's crazy. Yeah. 617,000 tonnes vaporised in a split second. <laughs> Boom. Gone. Gone. And then the sky's on fire. We got lucky, mate. If that come down over a city, 
Or if I it was gu- an I, actual asteroid, it would have been fucked, wouldn't it? I guarantee that if that had hit, if that had caused significant loss of life, we wouldn't be having this conversation no. about asteroids now. We would have got that shit fucking fixed. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. available opportunity. Sorted, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're looking through the sky. We we know that the Earth gets hit violently, quite regularly, it seems. Um, so what would happen if we found a comet or an asteroid on a collision course? Could we do anything? Well, this is where it's uh, gets a bit. Um, uh, what's the word? Squeaky bum time. Yeah, like we probably want to probably want to do something about this because most of the time we don't spot them until they're right on us. We regularly find objects like as big as cars flying past the Earth. We usually pick them up on like CCTV after they've bounced off the atmosphere. That's quite a common mm. one, isn't it? Yeah, People yeah. say like playing baseball or something, and then the sky is alight with a fucking thousand-ton piece of metal bouncing off, and everyone goes, "Oh, that's really cool," and then they crack on with their lies. But th- that's a warning. Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking warning. There's an asteroid called Apophis, which is a fucking great name. We found it in 2004. It's 325 metres wide. Nice. So it's a lot bigger than the Tunguska. Well, and it's a lot bigger than the one that hit Hoisky Poisky Town as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this, the NASA initially gave the odds of this scary monster in the sky hitting us in 2029. They gave it as a, a 1 in 37 chance of hitting us. One in 37. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, it's thousands, isn't it? Yeah, it's like millions to one. Like, boys, get on it. Yeah, That's yeah. a dirt shoot. They can't, just yeah. imp- do just take that as a direct hit. Yeah. But they, uh, they initially, after that calculation was put forth, the um, Arecibo telescope was like, fuck, okay, we'll get our mapping guys on this. And they were like, nah, nah, nah. It's all right. It's, uh, it's not going to hit us. So they gave an um, uh, updated prediction. And they say on April the 13th, dun, 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 2029, Apophis is going to fly past the Earth lower than some of our communication satellites. Uh-huh. It's going to do this at approximately 19,000 kilometres. Just, just to have a comparison, the moon is 380,000 kilometres away. Is, yes. And this is coming us. at less than 20. And mm. it's way, way bigger than the potential. How do you know they've got it completely right as well? You don't. Exactly. There's lots of small things that can affect its orbit as it travels around. We have to constantly map them. Uh, but like I say, the prediction is going to change because as we get closer to the date, we'll be able to measure its movements a lot uh, through its orbit a lot more precisely. And there is a chance that in 2029, as Apophis comes close to the Earth, the Earth could affect its orbit in such a way that would put it on a collision course with the Earth in 2036. So there are two chances of getting hit with this one thing. So what will happen if our calculations are wrong and it did hit us? I mean, 19,000 kilometres is not fucking not far, very no. far. Not in, the, in the world <laughs> of space, it's fuck all. So if a puff is hit us, I had a look through, because this is massive. Mm. It's, it's, it's twice as big as a Tunguska object. It's um, cal- it's difficult to accurately say what would happen to us because nobody 100% knows the composition of the asteroid Apophis. We don't know what it's made of. We don't know how dense it is. There's yeah. a lot of questions that can affect um, the the you know the, the the fallout from the impact. But they say that the energy release is expected to be 750 megatons. Now the Tunguska blast was somewhere between three and ten. Megaton. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking beast then. It's a beast. Yeah. Now, this is going to f- come past the Earth. It is going to do it. Mm. So, th- I'm, only, I'm, I'm not trying to scare people. This is, Obviously, I believe them when they say it's not going to hit us. But <clears throat> it's it just goes to show that shit is out there all yeah, the fucking yeah. time. It might hit us. You never know. It wouldn't be a good thing. We might do, yeah. It's, um, it's around. Apophis is also around 
27 million tons in weight. Now, if you compare that to the Tunguska object, which was 617 million. 27 million. And the Tunguska object was 617,000. So the one that flattened to the area the size of France. 15 times bigger, basically. It wasn't even a million ton. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also travelling around 30 kilometres a second. So that's reasonably nippy. Yeah, yeah, that's um, pretty, pretty fast. <laughs> the damage that... I don't think Valentina Rossi would be able to keep up with that. I doubt it. I, d- I doubt or it. Or Schumacher. He definitely wouldn't. No. <laughs> so this is capable of um, causing some serious... They say it's not an extinction-level threat, though. Hmm. Mm. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? If it hit the ground, the crater that it would cause would be 14,000 foot wide and 1,500 foot deep. It would have a blast power more than 65,500 times as powerful as the Hiroshima bomb. Hmm. The energy release would be well over 100 times greater than the most powerful nuclear weapon that's ever been dropped in humanity. You'd be fucked, wouldn't you? You'd be totally fucked. And if you survive, you're probably going to get some mental tsunami and you're going to be choked by fucking whatever and you're you're fucked. Well, for 50 miles around this crater, nothing would be there. There would be... Everybody would be dead. Yeah, yeah. There'd be nothing left. It'd just be a barren hole, fire wasteland. So if you move out from that initial fifty-mile radius, because fuck that, you're dead. Forget about it. It's just it's a fuck pit. So you just move away from that. Outside of that radius, everything and everyone would be fucked for several thousand miles. Now the conservative estimates put casualties at ten million. Now that doesn't sound like quite a lot because that they've said that. That's with prior warning, like you know, we'd be oh, right, so uh, fucking move away from this area. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna hit fucking Indonesia. Everybody, Jack, get the fuck out of Indonesia. But because um, obviously we'll know precisely where it's gonna hit, like a few months in advance, we'd be able to evacuate these areas. You'd get superheated plasma gas clouds that would consume everything. Millions of tons of rock and boulders would be falling out of the sky all around the world. The weather would be insane. Floods. Rain, thunder, snow, hurricanes, tornadoes, firestorms would kill many, many millions more. There would be numerous earthquakes. Mate, shit would be fucking whack. Yeah. It'd be just nuts. Carnage. It would be, yeah. It'd be like, what's happening? It'd be like you're on a boat like in the, the ocean. World. That's what it is, isn't it? It's like the end of the world. Simple as. If we're lucky, and I don't know how we could be lucky in this, but if it landed in a remote area, say if it blasted Siberia, and obviously it's going to kill a lot more people, but life would go on. You know, we'd we'd probably sorry Siberia. Yeah, but to be you're fair, getting, you're getting pugmunked. Yeah, we want it to hit land. You don't want it to hit water. So yeah. someone, hell, yeah, we need water. a yeah, yeah, world yeah. tsunami. Yeah, that's it. That's the same because if if we're lucky and it hit land, like in a remote area, we wouldn't know. But it would throw. We don't think it would throw up enough shit out of the ground to cause a um, a sun blackout or they call it an impact winter, and that's that's when shit gets really dangerous because. It throws so much debris into the sky, it blots out the sun. <laughs> it sounds crazy. And then shit starts to get cold, dark, and animals die, crops yeah, die, yeah. then we die. You know what I mean? This nice. has happened before. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this isn't this is tinfoil hat. This is real. But if it impacted water, shit gets a bit different then. Uh, the effects would be equally devastating. It, it wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't want to get your surfboard. Yeah, do you want to burn or do you want to drown? I think you'd be burnt by superheated water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would, theory, to they think it would make a literal water crater in the ocean to the oh bottom, right, okay. if oh it hit, causing multiple hypersonic tsunamis that would be well over 100 metres. And depending on angle, that could be up to a, a kilometre tall. <laughs> what? Yeah, you what? want to be on top of that wave, don't you? 
it's, it's crazy. The water would obviously rush out from the impact site and it would head towards land at fucking... Every angle. Every angle at mad, mad speed. Everything on the fu- on the coast would just get fucked. It would just tear you a new arsehole for several miles inland. Everything would be wrecked. Then the water would subside as, it, as the land slows it down and then it would rush back into the sea... Back, back into again. the crowd, and then it would kick, yeah, and it would be a series, hits, yeah, yeah. a series of like mega tsunamis would just continuously hit you. Bosh, 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 and then you got to fucking dodge the rocks falling out of the sky. You, go, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? It's absolute carnage. The amount of ocean water thrown into the atmosphere would be nuts. They reckon it'd be billions and billions and billions and billions of tons of water, and it would disperse itself around the globe. Fucking up all the weather patterns for prolonged periods of times. So you'd have huge, mega, continuous torrential rain. Temps would fall. We'd be fucked, mate. Mm. We'd be fucked. Yeah, it'd be madness, wouldn't it? it? We'd be crazy. Land or water impact, the climate of the earth would change massively, causing really serious, medium term environmental disruption, food shortages, ill health. The total death toll would be disturbing. It, yeah. it would be. It'd be a. It'd be a decent percent of humanity. I think good, good uh, few hundred million. Yeah, easy. yeah, probably. Yeah, it might. I mean, it might just come down in. If we're not ready for it, there's nothing we can do, mm. and it is what it is. And then there's another more, what's equally frightening scenario which could easily happen, and that's that's regarding nuclear power stations. Oh, right, because right, we know yeah. what happened. We've done obviously we've done episodes on before. Listen to other podcasts that have. If if nuclear power stations run out of power. They go onto a backup generator, diesel, typically. Those are the fuel. Yeah, so someone's yeah. got to put fuel in from a pump. And if them diesel nah, generators run out, uh, then, happening, is it? then the reactor's going to meltdown yeah. and they will melt their way out and they'll literally, you'll have pools of uranium and fucking... Nice. Yeah. So if we got very unlucky and we had prolonged power outages and huge areas of the earth were affected we could start losing power stations they could go into fucking mad nuclear meltdown and we could do huge sways of the earth through radioactive contamination that's a mega threat that is proper can't turn them off you know what I mean you just have to just ride it out <laughs> yeah you just have to <laughs> move yeah, yeah. to the moon I think. yeah 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 <laughs> if you can if you can, you've got the capacity to get there anymore mm. so reassuringly there have been no massive impacts on the inner solar system for over 3 billion years now we say massive we mean multi- mile-wide civilization-ending rocks. Like the Merc- Mercury, the Moon, th- they've got no weather or atmosphere. Mar- Mars has got a, th- a thin atmosphere. And because of this lack of weather, the craters don't get disturbed or eroded. And therefore, we can date them. We can look at them and see how long they've been there. Now, so we know nothing's massive has come in. Yeah, yeah. And also Jupiter helps because it's, it's so fucking enormous. It sucks everything in, everything isn't it? T- yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we know these things here. We know they've done it multiple times in the past, but... Can we fucking do anything to stop them? That's the thing. No, is my answer. Well, there's Apollo astronaut, Rusty Swiger. He's saying, with Apophis, he said, we need to get a, some sort of tracking probe connected to the side of it. Because he's, he's saying that this is a mega threat. Yeah, Apophis, yeah. he's like, look, man, that's coming underneath our satellites. We, are you sure you've got it calculated right? Yeah, yeah, you've got to make sure. Because if it's a nap snacker wrong, it could be hitting us. So. You can need to put a... I'm not going to say a GPS system on it, because it's not global. It'd be like a UPS, yeah. universal positioning system. Yeah, something. fucking hell. I don't know. But yeah, like smaller objects, 45 metres or less, the go-to option at the moment would be just nuke them. Yeah, just, just try. Yeah, just try and hit them. If we got caught by surprise, we'd have no choice. Like if we knew one was going to hit us in three or four days. Just aim. <coughs> even then, I don't even know if they could they could get the nukes up to it. It's not a case of just pointing no. up and firing. Shit's got to be yeah. fucking right. And the idea would be blow the nuke up between the rock 
and the earth as close as you can to so the full force of the nuke would be pushing into it. Yeah. And hopefully you'd, I mean, we know you'd smash a fairly large, you'd break it up, but it wouldn't be totally broke up. Yeah. And you would shock and blast the earth with radioactive yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what but can you do? Yeah, yeah exactly. NASA have also proposed a, a mission called the first asteroid deflection mission. And it consists of two unmar- unmanned spacecraft called DARTs. Um, and what they do is, it's not built, it's not built yet. It's an entirely, it's like a concept. Better hurry the fuck up and build it because I'm getting nervous here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the asteroid that the Dart spacecraft are going to target is a binary asteroid called Didymos, and there's actually two asteroids. So basically, one asteroid has a moon. Okay, well, there's a big fucker then. In, in, in yeah, the form yeah, yeah, yeah. of another asteroid, Didymos B, um, and they're going, f- they're tumbling through space, orbiting each other. So what we're going to do with the Dart is prove, hopefully, we can effectively redirect or change this asteroid's orbital path yeah, sufficiently yeah, yeah. that it misses the Earth. And the plan is to get the probe right out close to it, then fire a fridge-sized missile sort of impact at, at the smaller asteroid at 3.7 miles a second. And then obviously the Earth observation teams can check and see how much we've moved it. Yeah, and yeah. it's not going to hit us, but we're going, can we move this? Can we, yeah, it's their way of moving them, yeah. Because you've got to move it the width of the Earth. Whoa, you've only got to move it the width of the Earth. It yeah, doesn't yeah. have to move it thousands. It doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of miles. It just has to be a little bit just mm. so it misses us. Another proposal would be, this is one for you, paint one side of the asteroid in titanium oxide. It's like a white paint. How the fuck are they going to do that? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. They have no idea. It's a big contract, that one. It's a massive contract, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's like four billion quid just to get it. So the idea, if you paint one side uh, white or something highly reflective and, and, and asteroids are dark, the contrasting colour, will it, the, the white and the dark, will in, interact with the sun's light. And it would effectively, the sun's... Push it away. Would push the white, will act interact more with the, the reflective side and, and give it a tiny push. And over time, we, we could push it further out into the solar system, you know what I mean? Um, heavy and man probes, that's another thing that we're thinking of doing, is just getting a... If there's one that's going to hit us, we could just put make a really, really heavy probe, like a tank or something, fly it up somehow, because mm. fucking heavy things don't like flying, and park it in the orbit next to whatever asteroid is dangerous, and then leave it there next to the asteroid for years... And because you've got a, 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 a probe with a mass sitting next to another object in space with a mass, yeah. they interact with each other, and right, it might be able to sit away a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a small gravity well. The uh, the probe will have, and it will pull the slightly pull the probe in the uh, asteroid into it. Right. But um, these rocks are they're, they're the smaller ones. If it's bigger, we've got a fucking fucking box clever. It's, you know, fox. you can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my theory. Yeah, you can't shoot it. With, you can't shoot like a one mile wide rock with a, a nuclear weapon. Expected yeah, to have like fucking forty, fifty, sixty, ninety, like like million. Happening. Yeah, yeah. You can't blow mountains up. No metal mountains traveling yeah. at thousands. Of, it's not happening. There's a, a team called the D Star. They've got a, a system called the D Star system, and it's a ground based research program set up to investigate whether we can deflect asteroids with lasers. It's pretty cool, man. This is mm. they're doing this in testing, and what they're doing, they they get a rock. They use basalt because basalt is um, most closely matched to asteroids, yeah. and there's there's lots of it. So we use we use them, and what you do is they sh- they shine mad fucking hit it with lasers, hit this basalt rock with crazy fucking powerful lasers, and the one side of this rock in the lab, well, it, I mean you can see it, it glows red like white hot, and then there are jets of matter 
being combusted by the lasers, erupting out of the surface. How and they're power like, is that you use fucking loads. But what the theory is, if you could, because they can see these jets coming out of this, these lasers, the uh, the rock on the, on Earth. If you were doing that to something in space, them jets would act like little rocket engines, yeah, yeah. and push it. So um, you know what I mean. That, that's one thing. One thing that's a good idea. Yeah, well, yeah it's worth a go, isn't it? Everything's worth a go. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking terrifying. Ash, throw mate, the kitchen sink at it. Asteroids seven meters or wide hit the Earth every five years. Every five years with this with the kinetic energy release of an, at- an atomic bomb. So every five years, n- Mother Nature randomly drops an atomic bomb somewhere on yeah, Earth. Yeah. Just goes, fuck it, boom. After that, bitches, mm. keep on your toes. Yeah, I've got some bigger ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just waiting. Then it happens. Well, there was. Don't think it won't happen because in 1490, I think it was the Qingyang event in China. Um, a something. There's th- at least three surviving historical records from this event back in the day. And you know, it says every 300 years. This is 1490, and then you had the other one in 1908. So it's very close when they say 300 yeah, yeah. years. This thing um, killed several tens of thousands of people people whatever this rock was that came down in 1490 stones apparently fell like rain they said the larger ones were one and a half kilos in weight and the smaller ones were about a kilos says the sizes were very different the largest rocks were the size of goose eggs and the smaller ones were like water chestnuts more than 10,000 people were struck dead walking around from rocks falling out of the sky just peppering everybody carnage and everybody that fucking didn't die, apparently just done one out of the cities, because for some reason they just think like it's, it's only affecting yeah. cities. Yeah, yeah. You're talking it's about everywhere you can. It's anywhere it wants to be. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing you can do. Um, they actually figured out in 2007 that the um, that blast, that impact stream, because it was multiple rocks, we think it could be multiple rocks, uh, may have originated from a comet called C1490Y1. Um, they think it broke up, and we just got pebble dashed as well, man. So it's 100% certain we're going to hit by, get hit by something. Yeah, we're getting battered, aren't we? We just don't know when. Um, I was reading on the NASA Planetary website. They say that the key to preventing asteroid impacts is to find any potential threat as early as possible. No shit. Yeah, sorting out then. Yeah, Thanks. get fucking looking. They say they need a couple of decades warning. <laughs> a couple yeah, of decades. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. not hear one three weeks ago that flew yeah, past? Yeah. Bastards. And you knew you had that one, but then you lost it. Yeah. You lost it. How can you lose it? Bastards. So it seems to me, I think... In order to, to really safely protect humanity, I think we need the opposite. I think what we need is we need to know 100% f- guaranteed that that rock is going to hit us. And I think only then will we bother our asses to actually sort the problem out. Mm. We need it to fucking hit us because otherwise we're like, ah, well, I don't want it to hit us. No. But at least a threat, a, a genuine threat would be enough to make us Do fix something. it. Yeah, yeah, and we would it. fix it. I know we would for a fact. Um, yeah, man. So... Uh, that's fucking rocks from space, yeah, man. man. I don't know what to call this episode. Rocks from space. No, I do, I think, yeah. Fucking hell. Powerful, innit? Yeah. Of course, absolute carnage everywhere. It's crazy, the power of these things. All the time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, uh, what, 70,000, 80,000 tonnes of metal fall on the Every earth. Every year. And, and that's just in, like, dust and shit. It's crazy, innit? It's the universe just made of metal. It must be. Metal and rock. Metal, rock and ice. Metal, rock, ice, and fire. Shit, yeah. that's not good. Yeah, shit which fucks everything up. Uh, good burp. That was a really good burp. I was it happy was. with that one. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Really I wasn't good. anticipating it being that good. Yeah, I actually good backed one. away from the microphone thinking it's going to be poorless and no one's going to want to hear yeah. that. It was good. Quite a few of Yeah. All right, we've whittled on that for like an, an hour, I think. Uh-huh. Something like that. So um, the weather's good. Hannah's getting a paddling pool. 
get in the pool, have a bit. Yeah, I don't care if I'm hungover. Is it even midday yet? It's not even midday, is it? It's uh, uh, 23 minutes past 11. 23 minutes past 11, and I'm already thinking about going on the booze. 24 minutes past now. 20, it's definitely can, 24 minutes past. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's it. Cool then, people. Yeah, man. You can contact us if you like on Google um, robotsforeyes at gmail.com or just type in robotsforeyes on Google. And it will come up with all our social media things. And you can just click on there and go, Oi, talk to me. Oi, your asteroid yeah. episode was wank. Yeah, Stop being hungover. Yeah, <laughs> ourselves. Uh, is there anything else I need to mention? I can't fucking remember. I don't think so. Yeah, cheers to everyone on the Patreon. That's fucking yeah, banging. Man. Yeah, we'll make some money. Yeah. Get, get our gold yacht soon. Yeah, and I'll fly It's in. obviously needed. Yeah, we, we're only doing this so you can fund our escape from the earth when Apophis hits. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah that's really kind of everyone yeah um, thank you very much everyone we're not gonna obviously if you want to find that page I think you can just find it it's not hard uh, and we'll see you all next weekend we will see you later have fun <laughs>